This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 339. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, as well as any discount codes from our sponsors, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 339. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Mamas, have you signed up for my Bubbles and Blueprints workshop yet? I want you to join me either on June 8th or June 13th for this virtual workshop. That means you can attend from anywhere as long as you have Wi-Fi and you're going to get to do a two-hour workshop with me. So this was inspired by those of you who couldn't attend Shameless MomCon. I did not want you to have to wait a whole nother year to get in on the magic that was Shameless MomCon. So what I did was I took some of the best content from that event and I'm putting it into a two-hour virtual workshop that you can attend from anywhere kind of a magical solution, right? So here's what's going to happen during Bubbles and Blueprints. We are going to get together virtually on Zoom, which is a video conference call app, and you can do it from your laptop, your desktop, your phone. In the first hour, we're going to be talking about identity and impact. We're going to talk through who you are, where you've come from. What are some of those stories that you've built up in your head that hold you back? Some of those stories from your past that you've kind of stayed stuck in your struggles around. We're going to work through that. And then we're going to really talk about where do you want to go moving forward? And this is where the blueprint comes into play. You are going to design and create a 90 day blueprint using simple yet strategic action steps that you can start to implement immediately. Where so many of us get stuck is that we don't know 
where the next right step is to start working toward our dreams. So that's what we're going to do in the workshop. You are going to put together this 90-day action plan that's going to make it really clear what you need to do next, what your next few steps are this week, this month, next month, and over the course of the next 90 days so that you can be pumped up, fired up, and really, really harness and cultivate your courage and your confidence around taking action in your life and really making this summer magical for you. Whether you're looking at embarking on a career change, or you just want to spend more time like at the beach with your kids. Either way, we are going to help you integrate your dreams into your daily action plan so that you really get to move toward whatever it is you want to be building for yourself. So go over and grab your spot at the Bubbles and Blueprints workshop by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash blueprints. That's shamelessmom.com forward slash blueprints to reserve your spot today. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. I hope wherever you are, the sun is shining and you are full of hope and optimism as you kick off another week. I mean, that's how we always feel on a Monday, right? Just eternal hope and optimism. (laughs) I mean, sometimes it all falls apart by like 7.15 in the morning, but that's okay. I hope that we start out with eternal hope and optimism. And actually, this was not planned that I started with that comment. But that is what growth mindset is all about. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I mean, I guess it just all goes hand in hand, right? So perfect. So I want to dig into growth mindset versus fixed mindset. I actually did a whole episode about this a while back. So I will link to that episode in the show notes for this episode. If you go over to shamelessmom.com and just click on episode 339, you can get that link. But Listen to that episode before you listen to this one if you're not familiar with growth mindset. I'll do a quick review. So growth mindset, this is a philosophy developed by Carol Dweck. And Carol Dweck has a fantastic book called Mindset. And it's based on a bunch of research. And she really talks about how mindset impacts different aspects of our lives and different areas of our lives, whether it's relationships, parenting, sports, like all sorts of different areas, work, all sorts of things. And she breaks this down into growth mindset versus fixed mindset. So I'll do a quick review. And what'll be interesting is some of you are going to be like, oh yeah, being around fixed mindset people like sucks the life out of me. Cause yep, they do. And some of you might be like, oh wait, am I a fixed mindset person? And you might be. And then growth mindset people might sometimes to you be like annoyingly optimistic, or maybe you identify as someone who really embraces growth mindset. I try to embrace growth mindset. It's not always there. Like there's times when I butt up against my own fixed mindset. So I'll give some examples as we talk this through. So the general overview with fixed mindset versus growth mindset is that growth mindset, you really believe that everything is possible. You see possibility and potential in all things. So you believe that challenges help you grow and that your effort and attitude determine your abilities and that feedback is constructive and you like to try new things and that failure is an opportunity to grow and learn. You're inspired by the success of others. And when you see others do things that make them be more successful or advance them in life, you think, oh, that means I can do it too. So you're really just, you see a ton of possibility and potential at every turn. So maybe you embrace some of that, or maybe in certain areas of your life, you embrace that, or maybe you don't at all. And you're like, wow, I have some work to do. And that's okay. That's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Fixed mindset is all about, I'm either good at something or I'm not. My abilities are unchanging. I can't get better. I either can do something or I can't. I don't like to be challenged. My potential is predetermined. So why bother trying to do something that I'm not good at? When I'm frustrated, I give up. Feedback and criticism are personal to me. I like to stick with what I know. 
Failure is the limit of my abilities. So fixed mindset makes us stay in a fixed place. We don't see possibility and potential. We feel stuck a lot of the time. We feel limited by our opportunities to grow in life because we don't think that we have unlimited potential. So these two mindsets can be really at odds with each other. And I think that it depends on the scenario. I don't think that people are often all in on growth mindset or even all in on fixed mindset. I think that in some areas we feel we have a ton of potential and in other areas, not so much. So you might feel professionally full of growth mindset. Like you can climb that ladder and do all the things. With parenting, you might feel super fixed mindset. Like especially if you're in a phase where things are going kind of roughly, you might feel like I'm not good at this and this feels really hard and someone else should be doing this or my partner does it better than me or my mom parented me better than I'm parenting my child. So we often can have fixed mindset in certain areas of our life. I know for sure, I used to feel a ton of fixed mindset around athleticism growing up. I was not athletic. I was overweight. I felt super awkward. And I really felt like genetically, I can't run. I can't do all these things. And when I started proving myself wrong in early adulthood, like that was life changing. And that really, really was the trigger and the catalyst for me really embracing growth mindset in other areas of my life, I will say. I think especially after I did my first half marathon, I really came to see like, wow, if I can do this, there's so many other things that I can do. And it really started to shift over time in different areas of my life. And now I really feel growth mindset. I think I'm like, I'm checking myself quickly. I think I feel it in all areas. I mean, I'm sure I have rough days here and there, but for the most part, definitely feel a lot of potential and possibility in my life. But that doesn't come without work and being really conscientious about it. And I'll be honest, I have my days. I have my days for sure. There are moments where I do not see the way out and I have to really talk myself through it. We all have those moments. So this is going to be an opportunity to really talk ourselves through or to learn how to talk yourself into being someone who really embraces growth mindset. And the power of growth mindset really shifts where the direction that you're going in your life and what you see as possible with your life. And that can change everything. So I'm really, really excited about this conversation. I want you to take some notes. So we're going to talk about five ways for you to grow into your growth mindset. And I want you to write down each of these five points because there might be some areas that you have some work to do. So number one, become a master thought manager. So we have talked in different episodes recently about a master thought manager. And what that means is that you become really conscientious of the thoughts that come in your head and you decide which ones you want to allow in and which ones you don't. And you really take ownership and radical responsibility for what you allow in and what you decide to filter out. And so as I've said before, men tend to be better at filtering their thoughts. So if a negative thought comes in their head, they just kind of like blow it off. Like, dude, what are you even thinking? Like, just let that one go. And women tend to embrace every thought. So every thought that comes in, you're like, oh yeah, that person doesn't like my skirt today. Oh, am I a horrible person? Am I ugly? Am I like all these things? And we just embrace all the thoughts. If someone gives us some sort of critical comment that we can't even quite interpret, we just assume, oh, well, what are they saying? They think I'm not doing a good job. They think I'm not competent. And we embrace these thoughts. We really give credit and weight to every thought that comes in our head rather than looking at it and being like, oh, wait, that thought, I don't have to think that. I don't have to hold on to that. In fact, I can actually filter it right out and like just let it roll on through and like hashtag next. So I want you to think about how you manage thoughts as they come into your head. 
if a negative thought comes into your head, do you open your head and your heart to it? Or do you take a quick critical look and decide if it's valid or not, and then dismiss it if it's not valid? Because once you learn to do that, it really shifts your ability to manage your thoughts on an ongoing basis. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. And so if you can become really great at discerning your thoughts, then 
you have the ability to let the positive thoughts in and really stay in growth mindset much more frequently for much longer periods of time than bouncing between fixed mindset and growth mindset or getting stuck in fixed mindset. So fixed mindset people definitely struggle with managing their thoughts. They really give weight and credibility to those negative thoughts that come in. They believe the negative thoughts. If someone gives you critical feedback at work, you automatically internalize that, accept it as truth if you are stuck in fixed mindset. If someone gives you negative feedback at work when you are living with growth mindset and embracing growth mindset, then you're much more likely to say, oh, well, that person thinks I could do a better job, so I should look into that. I should explore that. Maybe I could do a better job. I wonder what that would look like. I wonder if I could do that. Maybe I need help. Should I ask for help? We immediately find ways to get better. We find ways to create opportunities for ourselves. So I want you to become a master thought manager and decide to be more discerning around the thoughts that you give weight to. Decide that you are going to make quick decisions around critical thoughts and decide which ones you can filter out. Most of them you can probably filter out or reframe, right? So again, you're looking at yourself in the mirror in the morning, critical thoughts come in, which ones do you decide to hold on to? The choice is yours. When you're looking at yourself in the mirror, Could you have some positive thoughts? I really like the way this looks. I really like the way this enhances my legs, my butt, my belly, whatever. When you're looking in the mirror, looking at, oh, my hair looks great today. I'm loving my shoes. I'm totally feeling this skirt, all those kinds of things. Many of us have conditioned ourselves to the opposite. We've conditioned ourselves to pick at the things we don't like first, and we become very critical in our thoughts, and we embrace those critical thoughts as truths. So remember, the power of our thoughts is that your thoughts inform your beliefs, your beliefs inform your actions, and your actions inform your success. So becoming a master thought manager really does allow you to tap into your full potential if you can manage your thoughts in a productive, purposeful, positive way, and then have better behavioral outcomes that get you to closer to what you want out of life or out of relationships or out of your work and all those different areas. Number two, the second way to grow into growth mindset is verbalize abundance. So this sounds cheesy to some people and it will feel uncomfortable, but it's also really powerful. So one of the things that came up at Shameless Mom Con, we had a woman who she's been really eagerly awaiting a promotion. And she knows that she's not eligible until a certain time. The position hasn't been created yet, but this is all on the horizon. And so one of the things that she really wants to be working on this year is her mindset around leadership. So she's in Momentum Mamas. She's been working on this in Momentum Mamas and really positioning herself as a leader in her organization to the point that she actually says when she's talking to people at work and presenting information and materials at work, she'll say, as a leader in this organization, blah, 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 blah. And so she leads with that. She leads with, as a leader in this organization, I think we should do X, Y, and Z. As a leader in this organization, it looks, what I'm seeing is these three things, whatever the case may be. So she's really elevating herself in her language And she also is having conversations with other people along the lines of, by this date in 2019, I will have the title of, and then she has this elevated title, the the promotion that she's going for in a few months. And she's consistently verbalizing that. She's writing it down in affirmations on a daily basis as well. So verbalizing abundance really helps you believe in the potential of abundance as well, which is really, really important. So 
I talk about this a lot. I actually was teaching about podcasting up in Canada recently, and I verbalized abundance. I talked about as someone who has a podcast that is listened to in 140 countries, approaching 2 million downloads with five streams of revenue built around this business, a six-figure income built around a podcast. Like These are all things people say are not possible in podcasting, by the way. So I'm really clear that when I talk about what's possible with podcasting, I verbalize abundance. I talk about these are the things that I'm doing. And also these are the things I'm going to be doing in the next year. A year ago when I sold the gym, I told everyone I sold the gym and I'm going to build a six figure business around the podcast within the next year. That year was up on May 1st. And you know what I did? I built a six figure business around the podcast within one year. So the more you verbalize abundance, the more you will actually create abundance. That might feel really, really uncomfortable. One of the affirmations that I have around abundance is that I give $50,000 a year to charity. I'm nowhere near able to give $50,000 a year to charity right now, but every single morning I write down that that's what I do. Because the more I say it out loud, the more I write it down, the more it is part of what I say I'm all about, the more likely it is to happen. And now I've started to see these things happen. I've started to see these things that I say that I'm doing, these things that I write down that I'm doing every morning in affirmations and the way that I carry myself. I'm really, really seeing them all happen as I let people know these are the things that I'm doing. So I have a runner friend and I remember years ago, she would always, I like used to totally hide in running. I wouldn't really tell people I was a runner. I would do races, but I was like, I don't know, like I race, but like I don't win. So it doesn't count, which is ridiculous by the way, because if you've ever been to a race, it's like thousands of people and one person gets to win. But in my mind, I was like, well, I don't win. So it's not like I'm really racing or I'm not like, you know, the elite wave of people wearing spandex and who have six packs. So it doesn't count, which is so silly. But I remember my friend, the way that she would position herself in racing and in running and the way she talked about it was so different. Like I kind of hid behind it and was like, oh yeah, like I have this run thing, whatever. I just didn't really like talking about it because I felt very self-conscious about my performance. And she would talk really openly about, oh, on my run today, I did this and I saw this and on my six miler, I did this. And she really like owned running as this part of her identity and this abundant part of her identity on my 12 mile run, when I was running my eight minute miles. And I remember listening to her and she did it so casually. It wasn't like show offy at all. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she frames this completely differently than I do. She doesn't see running as full of impossibilities. She sees running as full of possibilities. And I saw it full of like, I didn't grow up doing this. I haven't been formally trained. I didn't run track in high school. I don't have good knees. I had all these weird limitations around it that I thought like disqualified me from being a quote unquote real runner. This person pretty much had all the same things. Like she didn't grow up running. She wasn't a trained runner. She just started running and happened to be pretty decent at it and talked about it in this really positive light around how it was part of her identity. And it shifted how she performed dramatically. And she ended up being a really competitive runner, a really competitive triathlete. And so that's really, really important. When you frame your performance in that way, you will perform the way that you speak to. You'll perform at the level in which you speak to. So that's really important. If you're constantly shrinking in your language, if you're shrinking at work constantly like, well, I do this thing at work, but it's not really that important and it's not a big deal. Your work will always be not a big deal and others will perceive it to be not a big deal. So I don't shrink in my work because my work is a really big deal. I impact tens of thousands of lives every week. I'm not shy about saying that out loud. I used to be super shy about those kinds of things. I was like, I don't know, it kind of sounds braggy. It's not braggy, it's a fact. 
It's not braggy. And if someone perceives it as braggy, that's on them. Like that's their own insecurity. I only speak the truth. And I'm not going to, especially in a world dominated by white men, I'm not going to shrink around the level of impact that I have as a woman. And so we have to be really conscientious around our attitude and adoption of growth mindset because it really does change how we see abundance and how we frame the opportunity for abundance in our life. And I think this is so crucial for women because we often don't think we have opportunities because we're shrinking in the opportunities that we do have. So I want you to be really, really careful about how you frame abundance in your life. Say it out loud, write it down, make it loud and proud. Number three, the third way to grow into your growth mindset is to embrace imperfections as part of your growth instead of them being part of your limitations. And so really, this is about having a mindset of I'm still learning something versus I can't do that. And I do this a lot. In fact, I'm thinking back to when I was up in Canada a couple of weeks ago and I completely faked my way onto this gondola ride. And I was like, we're going to have fun. It's going to be amazing. And I knew we were going to have to like go high up in the sky in this gondola thing. And I was like, crap though. I'm like so scared of heights. I hate this. But I was like, I'm just going to totally embrace it. It's going to be amazing. And then holy cow, we got on the gondola and I was like, oh my God, I might die. I might die. And like, I didn't take out enough life insurance and I did not squeeze Vinny hard enough (laughs) before I left Seattle. So really embracing, like I really embrace my imperfections around the things I get nervous about. I embrace the fact that I struggle with anxiety and I embrace all that as growth opportunities rather than limitations. I embrace that anxiety. My anxiety is triggered by a lot of things. And so I just hashtag do it scared. Like I do a lot of things scared. I do a lot of things nervous. And every time I do that, I grow. And every time I do that, there's more and more great opportunities that come my way. So I was really nervous leading up to Shameless MomCon for like two months. To be honest, the first month was worse than the second month. As we got closer to the event, I actually felt a lot more confident about it. But at first, I was really nervous. I was like, can I pull this off? Can I pull it off in two months? Can I pull it off in a way that deeply impacts everyone that attends? I was really nervous about that. And I have embraced that. I have not made that a secret. I've embraced that like I did this big, hard, scary thing, and I did it fast. I did it without asking for permission. I just went like full speed ahead and I pulled it off. And I think that if I had really kept to myself about how nervous I was, I don't think I would have pulled it off in the same way. Because here's what happens when you embrace your imperfections and see them as opportunities to grow rather than limitations. Other people are there to support you. Like people literally just show up. They're like, I got you. What do you need? How can I help you? I want to see you be successful. And so really embracing your imperfections gives other people the opportunity to show up and support you, which is really great. It also gives you a ton of space to step away from perfectionism. And when you step away from perfectionism, you are able to see the massive amount of accomplishment that can be had in doing B minus work. So B minus work is philosophy from Brooke Castillo, who has the life coach school. And she talks about instead of trying to do A plus work all the time, do B minus work. And how much more could you accomplish? You can accomplish so much more if you do B minus work. Do the imperfect work and keep on moving. Learn and grow as you go. That's all part of the process. And so really embracing, I'm still learning a million things. I'm still learning podcasting. I'm still learning public speaking. I'm still learning how to be a better writer. I'm still learning how to mom, how to be a wife, all those things. Still learning. I'm still learning how to ski. I'm still learning how to get on and off a chairlift without being terrified for my life. 
I'm still learning all those things rather than I can't do that. I'm telling you, when I was learning how to ski this winter, there was a lot of things I wanted to say I couldn't do. And the very last day that we skied, I did this run that I really didn't want to do, like really, really, really didn't want to do. My husband finally convinced me to give it a try. And we did it once. And I thought, okay, I did that once. I didn't die. I definitely felt close to dying. (laughs) It was very scary to me. And then we got all done with it. And he's like, let's go again. And I was like, oh, no, absolutely not. And then the whole group of people we were with, were going to go do that run. And I was like, well, crap, am I going to be like the only person to not go do it again? Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So I went a second time, and it was so much better the second time. The second run, I was like, oh... I'm like way better at this run the second time through. Still nervous for sure, but don't quite feel like I'm going to (laughs) die. I'm real excited to get to the bottom, but also I think I can do it. And that was such a huge shift from the first run. That first time I did that run where I was like, I really like this might be it for me. Clearly you can tell there's a lot of things I think are going to kill me, right? (laughs) Between gondolas and skiing. But I definitely, I'm someone who can really talk myself into feeling limited by situations and experiences and adventurous things and feel like, oh my gosh, what if I die? Like, that's just my go-to. That is my default. Like, what if I die? And really trying to embrace, I'm still learning and I'm going to practice. And every time I practice, I get better. And oh my gosh, you better believe this is what I say in parenting. Every damn day, I'm telling Vinny, all we have to do is practice. And when we practice, we get better. And every time we practice, it's a little bit better. And we practice our writing and our reading. We learn more and more words. And I mean, really, literally, you are parenting yourself when you talk about this kind of stuff. Number four, the fifth way to grow into growth mindset is to value the process over the outcome. And we are outcome motivated people. We want that gold star at the end. We want to check the box. We want the final reward. We want to cross the finish line. And that is often at the expense of appreciating the journey. 
and appreciating all the bumps that come along the way. And so really look at the value of the chaos, the imperfections, the mess that happened, like the messy middle, really finding the value in all of that, because that journey, that is very much where the value often comes from. The value is just as much in the journey, if not more than it is in the destination. And we are very destination-focused people. We live in a very destination-focused culture. And so if you think of a weight loss goal, for example, if we have set a goal to lose 20 pounds and we only lose 15, you're like, well, I didn't make my goal. And we don't value like, but I lost 15 pounds and here's everything I learned along the way. I learned I don't need to drink every night. I learned I don't need sugar after every meal. I learned that I don't want ice cream in the house anymore. I learned that I can actually eat broccoli. I learned that I can exercise every single day. So valuing that process really changes our identity. If I think that valuing the process and owning being in the process and surviving the process shifts our identity more than the final outcome. I know that when I ran my first half marathon, the process of training for that shifted my identity more than the actual race. I had never committed to something like that before. Same thing with my first triathlon. Like I was so opposed to doing my first triathlon because of course I thought I was going to die because <laughs> that's what I always think. <laughs> and, but the training process, I was like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe I could actually do this like fairly well. Maybe I can do this just as well as the other people I'm training with. Like this was mind blowing to me that I could actually be successful at these things. That changed my identity. That changed my life. Finishing the triathlon, that was a ton of fun. I really love that as well. But the identity shift really happened in putting in the hard work and that self-discovery of, oh, wow, I can do way more than I thought. And I would say like the same thing for going back to school and getting a degree or a certification in some field, all the things that you learn along the way, especially if you're doing that in parenthood, to go back to school in parenthood and be like, I'm going to work full time and be a mom and go to school. And I know a number of you are in that situation. The lessons that you will learn along the way and the value of that process, the value of dedication and discipline and determination to get to that degree or get to that certification, that's so big. That is so life-altering. That process is more life-altering than the actual piece of paper that you get at the end, by far. Like There's no comparison. So really looking at valuing the process over the outcome. And then if the outcome is great and went as planned and got you got what you want, fantastic, celebrate. But also recognize that if the outcome comes out differently than expected, differently than what you planned, there's a ton of value in that too. You learned something from that, right? You grew in a lot of ways. You're definitely a more dynamic person from having gone through and not been successful. That's the thing. We think that it's all about being successful in the end. And a lot of times it's not at all about being successful. It's about what do you learn when you're not successful? Because those lessons are often way more valuable. What do you learn when you bomb? You learn a lot when you bomb. You learn about courage. You learn about resilience. You learn about resourcefulness. You learn about getting back up and brushing yourself off. You learn about modeling all this to your kids, like bombing, failing, having an undesirable outcome, super, super powerful. And the process that got you there super, super powerful as well. So the last piece of this, the fifth way to grow into your growth mindset is to acknowledge the plasticity of your brain. So there's really great research around neuroplasticity and what happens when we have certain thought patterns and we train ourselves to live in certain thought patterns. So when we look at thought work, for example, and we really get tuned into managing our thoughts, becoming that master thought manager, creating that abundance mindset and verbalizing abundance, 
there's a neuroplasticity situation. You can tell I'm a scientist, right? There's a neuroplasticity situation that happens in our brain where you're literally retraining your brain. And the neuroplasticity of your brain then changes your cognition. Because if you can change the plasticity of your brain, if that is alterable through your thoughts, through your mindset, and then that shifts your behavior and your belief systems, it's going to shift your outcomes over time as well. So really, really powerful information. I'll put a little link to an article on neuroplasticity in the show notes, because I think it'll be helpful if you're like curious about more of this. I've just started kind of looking into neuroplasticity, which is why I don't sound super knowledgeable on it, but it makes a ton of sense. And I've seen it in action with so many people, and I've definitely felt the benefits of it myself in really being very careful in particular around what I surround myself with and what I let myself see on social media, my exposure to the news or lack thereof, like not at the risk of being a completely ignorant citizen, but limiting how much I will be like, especially right now, it would be real easy to watch the news and just be super stuck in fixed mindset. And I'm unwilling to take that possibility. And so instead, in order to maintain the neuroplasticity in my brain in terms of growth mindset and making sure that it's growing in that direction, I'm making sure that I am having influences and outside forces that allow me to stay in growth mindset, that allow me to manage my thoughts in a positive way, that allow me to stay in an abundance mindset. So again, exposure to all of these things, exposure to other people who live in growth mindset really limiting my time with people and exposure to people in situations that are predominantly fixed mindset maintains that brain plasticity where I can continue to grow in terms of seeing potential and possibility in my life. Because my brain is, I'm intentionally hardwiring my brain to believe things that happen in a certain way, to believe that potential exists in a certain way in my life. And then because of that, there's positive outcomes that come from that. There's really powerful outcomes that come from that. So there's a ton of intention around exposure when you're looking at neuroplasticity. So again, five ways to grow into your growth mindset. Number one, become a master thought manager. Number two, verbalize abundance. Number three, embrace imperfections as part of growth. Number four, value the process over the outcome. And number five, acknowledge the plasticity of your brain. So lots of good stuff. Like I said, get the book by Carol Dweck if you want to dive into this a little bit more. Super fascinating, but really embracing your opportunities to own your growth mindset, to live into your growth mindset, to lean into your growth mindset, and to grow that growth mindset has the power to change everything that you see in terms of your potential in all areas of your life. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts 
where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.